everybody. Welcome to hashtag SM Life. I am your host, Morgan Zupanski, and this is our first episode. Today, we're going to be talking with Anthony Sierra. He is a freelance stage manager with a lot of experience in amusement parks. We actually met a few years ago while he was working at Disneyland. Uh, he's also worked at Universal and SeaWorld, in addition to doing a ton of regional theater and event work. A lot of today's episode will be about how he got into the world of amusement parks and also how his career has taken him into different job titles within that world. But we're also going to be talking a lot about networking and how important that is. So with all of that in mind, let's get started. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me, Morgan. Of course. I'm so glad that this worked out. Um, so first and foremost, tell everybody what you're working on right now because you're on a really cool contract. Uh, so I'm currently working as a project coordinator for a scenic design and fabrication company. And the company is actually based in New York, but they have a lot of projects around the world especially in Asia, and I'm actually in Malaysia right now uh, working on a few projects that I may or may not be able to talk about. I'm not sure. But um, <laughs> there's, a good, there's a good chance that if you've been in uh, any theme park around, you know, California, uh, somewhere in the South, you know, some new things are coming up in some places, uh, you've probably seen our work. All right. So let's just dive in. Um, how did you learn what a stage manager was? How did you get started? How have you moved through your career to get to where you are today? Okay. Like a lot of stage managers that I've met, um, we all were either failed actors or singers or dancers or both. Um, I was a very non-threatening triple uh, failure at all of those things, even though I loved doing theater when I was a kid. So I started in choir when I was in fourth grade. And then puberty hit, and I realized, oh, my God, I can't sing anymore. This is awful. <laughs> but I loved theater so much that I just kind of kept doing it. I always wanted to be in the ensemble, you know, just learning and seeing how everybody uh, worked. And um, my high school, Temple City High School, had a really good, it was called art and film class. And I joined that. And that was basically all of the backstage crew. And we were fortunate enough to have a partnership with the San Gabriel Civic Auditorium, which is now the San Gabriel Mission Playhouse. So I started stage managing there because I was kind of a know-it-all. I kind of wanted to have my hands in every little department and figure out how everything ran and, you know, make it as good as possible. So my first stage management experience was actually doing Bye Bye Birdie, I think, at this giant theater that was incredible. And I was actually taught by uh, one of the stage managers at Disney, who then got me a job later. So it, it all kind of worked out in this magical way, where I just love stage management from the time I was about 14. And I really didn't want or need to do anything else. I just kind of knew that I was going to do it for a very long time. So you, you know, you were networking from the first job you ever had. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It just happened that I had all these really great resources when I was in high school that allowed me to just keep going. And when I went to San Diego State before I transferred to UCLA, it's very 
tiny basic things that I had a little bit of knowledge of, and it allowed me to get hired as a tech at SeaWorld, and that's how I started in theme parks, which was never something that I thought I was going to do, because as a kid, I think I went to Disneyland maybe two or three times. Um, I went to SeaWorld maybe twice, knots three or four times because it was cheaper, and um, (laughs) yeah, I wasn't really like a big... um, a big theme park person. I went to Universal a lot, actually, because I loved the old uh, Hollywood monster movies. And that was really something that got me interested in learning more about, you know, film and TV versus just theater alone. So then when you were at uh, SeaWorld, what was that experience like? Did you ever stage manage there? Were you kind of just doing crew stuff while you were there? I did crew stuff there for about two years. I never got to stage manage. But the The amount of work and the partnerships that I gained there was amazing. I mean, you're working with live animals, you're working with whales and seals, and um, I was working on an acrobat show at the time, so I got to meet a lot of people who had this really great work ethic and who were really well-connected, you know, in Vegas and had toured everywhere in Europe, and they just kind of taught me how everything worked. And I was a kid, you know, I was 18 19 and it really allowed me to be a part of something that was very much bigger than myself and just kind of see where I fell you know on that ladder of where am I at with all this knowledge that I've had from high school and where could I go with this and it actually became one of the most rewarding experiences ever um, because it, it was really the thing that shaped me into knowing how theme parks worked and uh, how to talk to clients and how to really put on a show that was directly involving guest interaction or guest satisfaction. And that's something that I never had really found in theater because when you do theater, I mean, when you do typical theater in high school, everybody's on a stage. You're not really going into the audience that much. You're not really bringing the audience in. You know, you want to put on a great show for them, but you don't really see them face to face, especially as a stage manager. So having that sort of difference between theater and live theme park work was something that just blew me away because it was like, I can see how these people are reacting to it. You know, like I can see their emotions when I'm working on this show. And that was really cool to see. Absolutely. And even the difference between educational and I mean, really corporate, right? The scale is so different. And so the focus is sometimes different, right? Totally. Corporate is so interesting. It's it's so much more different than theater because there's a lot of rules, there's a lot of structure. You're very much focused on presenting the best show possible for these guests. And it's always for the guest, you know? So as a stage manager or or a tech or in any sort of role in a theme park environment, you have to ask yourself, how do I accomplish this goal? if I'm not directly interacting with the guests, like how do I bring them happiness and have them love this show? And then you quickly realize that it's, oh, I am supporting these people or I am in charge of these people. And by giving them the best environment possible, that's supportive, collaborative, that makes them want to come to work and makes them want to do a good job will result in X, Y, and Z happening. It gets back to the guests and the guest has a great time because everybody involved in it from start to finish is making the best experience possible for themselves and for the people around them. And that's something that I was like, oh, <laughs> the wheels, the gears really, uh, really started turning when I got to Disney 
And I really started kind of, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and figuring out that this is really what it's all about. You know, it's about making people happy, not just yourself, but everybody around you who may never, ever see a guest, you know, for just backstage in all blacks the entire day. We're still doing something that directly contributes to that goal, which is awesome. When you said that you transferred from San Diego State to UCLA, what caused you to transfer schools? Honestly, it was just a personal goal. I wish I could say that it was, um, you know, I'm ready. I want to take this to the next level. But I just, I wanted to see if I could get into a UC. That was really what it was all about. I wanted to, you know, strive for for something great. And I had always heard about this great theater program at UCLA and I love the campus. I loved everything about it. And I was honestly too scared in high school to kind of reach for the stars because I didn't want to get shut down. At a certain point, I just said, you know what, I'm going to try for it. There's, I love San Diego State, but there's no reason why I shouldn't just, you know, push and try to do this. And I had a really weird interview experience at UCLA. Um, but it ended up going really well. And um, once I got the the letter of acceptance, I was like, okay, I have to do this. I have to go. And going there actually made all of the difference because that's where I got the connections that led me to Disney more so than the person who taught me to be a stage manager in high school. I actually met the person who got hired at Disney before me, gave me a recommendation, and then pretty much got me hired. Literally, if I, like when I describe who you are to people, this story pretty much encompasses one of the things I say about you, which is just that you are not scared to take chances. You are one of those people that's like, I want to do this thing. I'm just going to try and do it. <laughs> And then you're like, no, great, yeah. let's do this. Yeah, I'm uh, blissfully ignorant to everything that's going on. I just go, yeah, this sounds great. Let's do it. it let's dive right in. Let's move to Malaysia. Why not? Why not? Right with like a week's notice or something like that. Yeah, it was it was two weeks. I'll give them uh, credit. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me enough time to give a notice <laughs> so that I could fly <laughs> over. But um. Yeah, I mean, and I and I wish I could say that all of these opportunities or all of these things that I got, I mean, obviously getting into UCLA required my, my personal skill, but a lot of the stuff that I got in life, you know, getting, getting hired at SeaWorld, really, getting hired at Disney, coming over to Malaysia even is all based on recommendations or people that I've met. Actually, the day that I moved into my place in LA, one of my friends said, hey, they're having an audition for characters for Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Oh my gosh. Do you, yeah. Do you want to come with me and scare people? And I said, is it's like a real audition, like for actors? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're going to make you like scream and uh, pretend like you're dying or do something cool. And I was like, well, okay, that sounds fun. So I, I went there and I got it <laughs> and I got put into a, instead of getting um, an actual role that, first year I got put into a pool so I I just kind of filled a bunch of roles as needed and the first uh my first foray into professional acting with an Agva contract for Universal <laughs> Studios was one of the ghost face killers from Scream in a maze made out of I think it was just uh bed sheets on a very windy day so the the wind would just blow it open as people were walking through and you would just see like 20 <laughs> these like Ghostface Scream characters just like standing there waiting to pop out. That's amazing. Yeah, 
And um, so I, I actually did that for five years. It was super fun, but now my feet can't bear it because it hurts real bad. Fair but um, so one of those years, I think it was my second year working in Halloween Horror Nights, they wanted crew people for Grinchmas. So I auditioned for that. And actually for the um, interview, I think I was the only person who actually had uh, former skills in working with like Spotlight. What? <laughs> it was a really interesting interview um, because they would talk to some people about like how Spotlight, how does a Spotlight work? Or they'd point to some um, parts of a Spotlight in a photo and they'd say, okay, what is this? What does this do? And I think everybody's response except for mine were like, well, I've never really worked with a spotlight, but I know where like downstage is. <laughs> and I said, okay, that's fair. That's fine. Um, so I did that. And that was a really, really fun opportunity too, because I got to work with Universal stage managers. And that was a big thing that I wanted to do. You know, Universal's always been like my prime theme park because, you know, it's like Creature from the Black Lagoon and like Jaws and all this awesome stuff that I loved as a kid. So let's go back to your timeline. You are at UCLA. And, mm-hmm. then- and then Disney just happened and it ended up being super magical because when I got there, some people get put on one show and just stay there for a little bit. I got put on two or three at one time and I got to jump back and forth, meet a lot of people right away, form those relationships. And that really helped out. And by the time I opened Frozen Live, I think I had been there for two years. And Frozen Live was the most rewarding, most challenging, crazy experience of my life. Oh, I'm um, sure. That show is is quick and very busy. Yeah. And just the way that, um, that it worked, you know, we had um, way more than just one cast opening the show, obviously. I mean, we're doing four shows a day, seven days a week, 365. So it's <laughs> It's just a lot of people coming in and out of that theater and a lot of things that people don't think about when they think about theme parks and live shows is that every single day, every combination of people changes, you know, you can have the same, the same on an Elsa, but every single person in the cast is different, you know, or every single technician is different. So as a stage manager, keeping up with daily or weekly things that could become problematic that you won't be there every day for is something that you have to relate to your team and rely on that. So communication is a huge thing for working at Disney because it's really inconsistent the amount of times that you're going to be in one theater, in one show, able to follow up on all of this stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's been like a big reality for me from (laughs) working at that is, is wow. Like I can... I can do all this stuff and um, follow up on it and have all of this plan set in motion, but I have to rely on the people that are here for the next five days to actually make that happen because I won't be here. Right. And going along with that, um, I think it's really important to talk about stage manager paperwork as well because when I first started stage managing, you know, everybody wants to have really cool paperwork and really impressive paperwork and, um, just do something that looks really nice and it's color coded and everything's labeled and it's beautiful. But, um, I've kind of been taught to do the opposite, you know, make your paperwork as simple as possible. And I always go into every single project, even projects in Malaysia going, if I were to be 
hospitalized or have to fly home or not be able to to do this? Can somebody come in, look at everything that I've done, figure it out and keep the job going? And I think you really have to ask yourself that as a stage manager every single time, because making your paperwork simple or adapting to the processes of the people that have been there before you to keep the job going, you know, um, is something that's super important consistency and just making it as readable as possible because not everybody knows how to navigate through super intricate paperwork. Well, exactly. And if you can't read it, what is the point, right? (laughs) Uh, but let's get back to your timeline. Uh, so you, are at UCLA and you've started working at Disney and that's when you and I meet, right? You ASM'd for me on an opera, actually. Yes, and I could not read music. I remember that conversation. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Remember that? You got an ASM and you can't read music. I forgot all about that. You did great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks. Thank you. (laughs) I tried. And you graduated soon after that, right? If it was your last quarter. So what happened next? So I... Graduate soon after, and really the biggest change was I suddenly felt like there was nothing tying me to Los Angeles anymore, really. Because graduating had really been the last thing that kept me there that said, okay, I can't leave because I have to finish this. I have to. It's a goal, you know? I want to be the first person in my family that graduates from college. And um, so I ended up just kind of seeking out opportunities because I loved Disney and I loved all the work that I did there, but I felt like it was time to... You know, in my head, I was going to say, okay, I'll go off for a while, learn about a different line of business or learn about a different area, maybe work for another company and then come back because I love the job so much, you know, Mm -hmm. and it and it ended up kind of falling into place that a friend of mine who had worked at Disney with me had gone to Malaysia because she had met somebody from Disney who had gone to Malaysia before her. And um, she wanted me to replace her on this project because she was ready to come home. And she said, I'll give you all the training. You have all the tools that you need. I've worked with you. You can pick the stuff up. You can make it better. Go do it and and experience something new. And at that point, I was like, yeah, that's totally on my bucket (laughs) list of things to do. Yeah. I mean, Malaysia wasn't really on the list, but it ended up being an amazing move. And um, it worked out. I mean, it just worked out. It's kind of (laughs) crazy. I love how that happens, though. So what are all the different genres of stage management that you've worked in at this point? So far in stage management, uh, I've done your theater shows, your little one-off shows, your concerts. Um, I've done all the special events for Disney that I could possibly do. I've um, helped open shows there. I was on the opening team for Frozen Live and also for Disney Junior Dance Party just to name a few of those. Um, Stage management-wise, I've also done a lot of special event work, which happened kind of the last two years before I went to Malaysia. And I worked some of those with you. um, We worked the ovations together. Mm -hmm. Um, Right before I left, I also had a chance to work this interactive new show. Um, It was The Little Mermaid. But they used a lot of mobile phone elements and um, projections and really ambitious, crazy technology. And it was their first time doing something like that. And I had never really worked with something that was so interactive and dependent on people, you know, to make their own experience. Mm-hmm. 
during the show. So that was something that was really cool to just watch happen. Um, it was really interesting. Yeah, you and I have always drifted towards like the weird things, right? The non-traditional. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I guess speaking for you a little bit, I think we're both the type of people who kind of thrive in chaotic environments, you know? Yeah, for sure. We kind of, we just jump into situations and we go, all right, give me all the information you have. They give it to us and we go, well, this doesn't make any sense to me. So <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Uh, and that's, and we end up turning out a great event, I guess, you know? Yeah, we do. Um, and we laugh along yeah. the way, which just makes it better. Yes. I think you actually got me one of my favorite gigs. Did you get me the Amphar gig? Yes. You did. That was the best gig of my life. Oh, like, good. I, do you know everything that happened with the Amphar gig? I mean, I got there, and and I didn't really know what it was going to be about. I knew that it was something for, for Julia Roberts and her contributions. And then they said, okay, well, you're going to be the the stage manager backstage. So you're going to receive all of the, all of the guests and the, and the musical, um, appearances and, you know, just like make them comfortable, usher them on stage, tell them what it is. But nobody told me that I was going to be Coldplay, Fergie, Tom Hanks, (laughs) all of I was like, Whoa, okay. When I looked at the guest list, when I got there, I was like, Oh my goodness, how did I get to this place? And, uh, Morgan Zupanski. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You can take that gig. It was amazing. But thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I could pass it off to somebody. I know that's the thing, right? When, you know, it's always hard to say no to a job, but anytime I can't do something, all I want to do is give it to somebody I know. Yeah, well, to that point, I mean, you know, we're both a part of a bunch of Facebook groups for stage managers, and we get a lot of people who are asking for opportunities or for gigs or to pick stuff up, but it's hard, you know, to make those connections when you don't know the person or or know their abilities, you know? So you can take somebody who's ambitious and who's great, but if they're not right for the job, it's so hard to, you know, put faith in them that, yes, I can pass this along to you and you won't make me look bad because I suggested <laughs> you, you know. So yeah. it's so hard, you know. That's why connections and reaching out to people on more than just social media platforms are so important. Absolutely, right? And that's the thing that I say to a lot of up-and-coming stage managers when they're trying to network with me and when I guest lecture in classes is just, you know, networking is it's the short-term and the long-term game, right? You can't just Mm -hmm. reach out to somebody. You need to follow up. You need to have coffee. Then you need to make sure you send them your resume when you say you're going to. And then in six months, you have to send them your updated resume, right? You have to show people you care and that you are determined. Exactly. I mean, I think even more than a Facebook message is just, just ask me for coffee. Just say, hey, I live here. Do you live around here? Let's meet up somewhere in the middle. Let's grab coffee and just talk about our lives and we'll talk about what you want to do. Because at this point, you know, I I was in that situation, you know, before I had a really bad gig coming out of college and I thought, oh, no, nobody's ever going to want to work with me again. You know, it's I just did so poorly. You know, I made a bunch of mistakes and I didn't know what I was doing. And I ended up meeting a, a group of stage managers that I worked an event with and they were really great and we bonded and we got along really well and I proved myself to them to the point that they kept sending me stuff. And that's really what made me a better stage manager. You know, I think if I had had an interaction with them just online where they're like, well, I don't know this guy, but he keeps emailing me. So I'm going to let him shout out, you know, it's not the same. 
the, the thing that's really cool about what you've been doing lately is even though you're all the way in Malaysia, I still feel like you're around. You're actively a part of the LA community. You are on the Facebook groups. You are passing jobs along still. Does it feel like you're still a part of the community too? Or is it just like you're over there and we're all just like, Anthony really lives in Long Beach still? I think I'm more focused now than I was before. Moving away from Los Angeles, I've realized how much just kind of got stacked up. You know, there's a lot of show commitments that you have. There's a lot of networking that you have to do. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that you have to cater to, things and people, really, just to kind of survive there and just to keep working at it. So I think I'm in a really good situation where now I can just look at everything from, <laughs> from a bystander perspective and just say, oh, okay, I'm getting all of this work in. We'll hear these people that have reached out to me. Boom, boom, boom. Go, go, go. Follow up. Push uh, some of my friends to take some people under their wing and give them shadowing opportunities, you know, stuff like that. I feel like it's just a lot easier to do that once you step outside of habit and just look at, okay, what's really important right now. And I love the fact that I'm working still in theme parks, but I know that I have a lot of people, especially on these Facebook groups who want to know more about what I'm doing and who want to know more about how to get into this sort of line of business. And I would love to tell them how, you know, because I would have loved if somebody did that for me. Let's talk about the job that you have right now. What is your official job title and what do you do on a day-to-day? What's the job description? So as a project coordinator, I was brought in because they had four attractions that they were doing for this new theme park in Malaysia. And now my role's kind of shifted. As of a month ago, I'm moving over to kind of travel around and check in on vendors for us and just kind of see their progress. So what my company is doing for, or was doing for these four attractions, was they were doing all of the theming in the queue area and in some cases, the ride itself. So it's not like we're, we're making the ride system or doing any of that stuff, but we're mainly focusing on all of the show set elements and all of the, you know, artificial foliage and are there animatronics um, and getting the lighting plots and the sound plots, which is something very similar to traditional theater, really, when you look at it. Um, but as a project coordinator, my job is to basically be the keeper of everything. You know, my boss has a lot on his plate. He's juggling four or five shows at once. So I have to read every single email that comes in, make sure that everything is documented. We have a paper trail of everything. So we know each phase that um, he gets the support when he needs it. And that I keep him up to date with what's happening, not only on site, but remotely with our vendors and what their progress is. So it's really just kind of being a jack of all trades and jumping into where they need me and keeping up their process that they had created so that everybody can find things on our server very easily and know exactly what's the most updated thing. And when you're dealing with not only us, there's there's tons of vendors who work for the client in this one ride. You know, if you just take one ride, you have a ton of people working there. We don't always interact with each other, but we need to know what everybody's doing at any time because it'll affect our schedule of work. So 
basically I have to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, it's In the same short. thing as a stage manager, right? We facilitate a conversation between a bunch of other people. We definitely do. And the, the interesting thing about being here is that, you know, I'll let you in on a little secret. I don't really know what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> you know, I don't really know how this stuff works or how to get from point A to point B. I don't know architecturally what, how everything works. But I know that if this happens, it'll probably affect this. You know, it's, it's very much using your own knowledge of previous shows and what's happened there combined with, you know, just a gut feeling of should I bring this up to somebody because it sounds like it could present a problem. And that's really what 90% of the job is, is just looking around, looking at potential areas that could be problematic and bringing it to the appropriate person's attention um, before it actually escalates and becomes something much worse. And I think I've developed a pretty good method of doing that. I love that. All right, so for people that are interested in building a career kind of like yours, because it's been so awesome, how would you tell them to get started? Really, it depends on where they are now, but I think a lot of people don't realize the amount of resources that they have at their disposal, especially if they're in college. If you're in college right now and you don't know what your professors have done before they got to teaching there, you should find out because chances are they've worked with a ton of people in many different areas. And once they find out that you're really interested in some area of theater, especially stage management, they probably have a ton of people that they worked with. Stage managers are everywhere. We're the keeper of everything. So really starting with that is going to elevate you a lot because the, the reason that I got my first PA job right out of college was because a I talked to a professor at UCLA and just mentioned, I would love to work at this theater. And he said, oh, I know somebody there. Okay, here you go. Send my email off. (laughs) It's especially if you're in college right now, that is the best thing you can do for yourself because you never know which of your friends are really going to go off and do the thing that you want to do and bring you over there. But you have these people that have been working for so long and could probably point you in a great direction and really make that happen for you. As far as theme park work, Really, you don't need to get into stage management or any area to go into theme park work. I mean, you have to really decide if you want to be an entertainment or if you just want to be a manager and just focus on stuff that makes the show happen. Because Disney's very theatrical in itself. Universal's very theatrical in itself. And um, every single job, even if it's in foods, even if it's in custodial, if it's in stores has a bit of theatricality to it you know everybody is putting on a show for somebody absolutely and that that in itself you know kind of makes you think wow i'm receiving the same amount of satisfaction from working in a different area than i do from working in theater because it's it's very much taking all of the things that you love about stage managing you know working with people organizing the stuff, putting together something great and applying it to basically any other job that you can do, especially in a theme park environment. It's super rewarding. So if anybody needs to uh, get into theme parks, reach out to me, but don't be afraid to take the job that isn't the job that you want right now, because it will get you there. Definitely. So then for the people that are interested more in 
kind of the events that you've done, especially in Los Angeles. Uh, talk a little bit about what you think people should do if they're just starting out in L.A. Maybe they're out of school and they just moved here. Uh, how do they build some roots in Los Angeles and get into the events world? Okay, well, you call Morgan Zupanski, <laughs> the Z-U-P. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, really, that's the best way. You still organize your uh, stage manager meetup, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is a great plug. Uh, please it's go onto the Shout out to Morgan LA. <laughs> LA Stage Manager's Facebook page. We host a happy hour every few months. I'm one of the admin for the Facebook page, and I host all the happy hours. You should come. It'll be great. Thank you. You guys, that happy hour That happy hour is great. As an, a, a former attendee of such happy hours, I've met so many people from there that have been awesome. I've reconnected with old friends and really just show up. I mean, it's not. it's never, ever a contest of who has done the most work or the coolest things. It's really just about meeting people, supporting each other, and giving each other um, a, a platform to to talk about what they want to do and have people who are supportive get you there. Really, that's what it's about. And yes. it's so cool to have that because everybody thinks of, you know, stage managers, we're all kind of fighting for the same position. We all yeah. want to go to Broadway or we all want to do this crazy event. Yeah. Um, but we're... That was, I guess, the happiest surprise of meeting all these people, especially online and um, at the happy hours, was that nobody is really like that. Everybody's <laughs> just really invested in everybody else's success because a lot of the times we're too busy to compete with. I mean, we've, we've got a gig. We've got a prior commitment, you know. Mm-hmm. We're juggling multiple jobs. So really having people that we trust to give this stuff to is even better, you know, because maybe they can get us a job later. It, well, exactly, right? I like to talk about job karma a lot. You know, mm-hmm. you might not need a job right now, but someday you're going to need one because we freelance and that's just what it is, right? So you shouldn't be scared to share when you have something to share. 100%. I think more so than anything that I've really done for myself is taking the time to connect with people, even if I didn't have the confidence to, even if I didn't feel I was the most adequate for the job. You know, I, it's just the best thing that you can do for yourself because it says, hey, I'm here. I'm interested. I want to get there. How can I do it? And really having that going into something with no ego and just saying, I want to learn from you. I want to grow. I want to do this to better myself because I have such a passion for this industry is the really the main thing that I look for because anybody can learn any part of this. You know, some people are just naturally good at it than others, but if there's something that you're lacking in, you can learn to be way better at it from your resources. Well, and that's what I always say. It's like, it's not about the tangible skill sets. It's about the soft skills, right? Mm-hmm. Always. Definitely. I mean, that's, that's a big thing also. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Really, when I meet some stage managers, there's some stage managers that are amazing at doing paperwork, that are amazing at running a show, calling a show, Uh, just every single technical part of it, you know, everything having to do with admin and they are like the least trusting of actors (laughs) and design staff and they don't know how to talk to people. (laughs) And, you know, you can be the best stage manager in the world. And sometimes you get a job because somebody's worked with you and they're comfortable and they know that you can, you can get this stuff done super quick, but really 
like ask yourself, like, am I being the person that people want to work with? Because sometimes you work with a stage manager and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I've seen that kind of happen a few times. And I don't know where that really comes from. But I think it's really important for people to just focus on that social aspect of this job as well, because that's really going to make the difference. Absolutely. I mean, you can, you like what you were saying, right? You can teach someone to do any kind of paperwork, but you can't teach mm-hmm. them to be a nice person. You can't teach them to want to say hi to people in the morning. Yeah. And really, really, what is, what is your job more so than just making sure this show goes well? I mean, it's kind of everybody's responsibility to make this show the best that it can be. And sometimes it's not about putting the show out there and making sure that everything is perfect. It's also making sure that everybody's in the right mindset to do that show as best as they can. And I think that that can be forgotten sometimes, but it's really what it's all about. And it's what makes special events so amazing is that everybody goes into it. They're kind of scrambling to get everything done, but there's a lot of collaboration. There's a lot of help. There's a lot of people that are like, okay, I'll take this. You do this. Let's divide and conquer. We're going to get this done. And by the end, everybody's hugging each other and crying either from uh, (laughs) stress or happiness that, you know, we managed to pull it off. And more often than not, that's more satisfying, you know, than doing a a three-month show that is just not the best experience, you know. Those little one-offs really kind of uh, recharge me. For sure. All right. So big picture advice. What would you tell your younger self? If you could go back to your baby stage manager self, what's the one piece of advice you would give yourself? Ooh. There's a few things, but I think I've made pretty good choices so far. I think the biggest thing that I would tell myself is just personal. Don't beat yourself up for making a mistake. Ah, yes. Because I think a lot of the times when I made a mistake, when I sent an an email that got pushed back, you know, I took things very personally because I didn't have the confidence to really say, okay, you know, I'll learn from this. You know, it was just like, ah, you're terrible at this. Um, And that just, it stacks up and it makes you not confident in your abilities anymore. And so the next time that you're approached with a situation like that, you're going to act differently because you're, you're approaching from a place of caution and a little bit of selfishness, you know, to get, to get all of the pressure off of you instead of doing what's right or what's best. Well, those are all the questions I have. Anthony, if people want to follow you on social media, how can they get in touch with you or see what you're up to? They can follow my Instagram account at my super nerdy handle, (laughs) standby.go. I love it. That's, that's what I chose for myself. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag true stage manager. Hashtag, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, really, like now, it's there's so much work that I can't show pictures of. So, like, if you want to see pictures of like me at the beach or like eating something or like if I just got a haircut, please do. If you want to take it one step further, actually message me. And um, my email is also on my Instagram account. So, if they feel more comfortable with that, that's fine. But I'll never fault somebody for messaging me on any form of social media. That's what it's there for. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today and for being on hashtag SM life. Thanks Morgan. And congratulations. I'm so excited. Thank you to everybody that just listened to the first episode of hashtag SM life. I hope you all enjoyed listening to it. I know Anthony and I had a great time recording it. 
Make sure that you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. It's going to help other stage managers find our show. Also, make sure to click subscribe so you see the new episodes as they show up every week. This podcast is presented by the Stage Managers Association. If you want to keep up with the SMA on social media, they have all the socials. They have Twitter, they have Facebook, they have Instagram. Definitely check them out. Also, if you want to keep up with me on the socials, you can look for me on Instagram at Morgan underscore Zupanski. On this week's episode of Hashtag SM Life, you heard from Anthony Sierra and myself, Morgan Zupanski. Thanks again for listening and stand by for more episodes soon.